Brought to you by Feitner Productions. From the Beyond Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, it's Laying Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc. Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's right, Billy. That's you. <sighs> Featuring Kathy Eller, Tony Senator, and Bia Smith. Only a madman would dare to bring these people together to build a world of law and order, only to tear it apart with laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the internet. That podcast is this one, and it starts right now. Welcome to Laying Down the Law Earmark Edition, the law and comedy podcast hosted by me, Billy DeClerc. I'd like to introduce my three returning guests today. First, welcome back, a star of the legal comedy show Law and Disorder, returning guest most memorably known for playing a certain president, talking to a certain Ukrainian president on this very podcast. She's a costume designer with five stars on Poshmark, a comic, an improviser, an actor from the Upright Citizens Brigade, and the star of Live Rude Girls at Second City Hollywood. She can be seen in the films Listen Water and Willa May, the Church Lady Vampire Slayer. Welcome. You can follow her at Pia Minsky Style, the hilarious Pia Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Pia. Great and welcome back another returning guest, the star of the LA comedy stages and the host of a comedy improv podcast, Super Squirrel Conversations. And guide for clueless rich people. She's a star of the Upright Citizens Brigade and a member of the internet comedy sensation, You're On Mute, founder of the long form improv troupe, Rave Propellers. You can follow her on Instagram at Squirrel underscore convo. Welcome back, Kathy Eller. Yay! Happy to be back. All right. And finally, she's an experienced voice actor, improviser, alumni of MYU, winner of the Sovas Voice Art Awards. She's the lead singer of a vampire cover band, Give Blood. And she too performs with the internet comedy juggernaut, You're On Mute. Follow her on Instagram at Tony Senator. She's Tony Senator. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> well, I, I am thrilled to have all of you back on the show, but first a word from our sponsor. Assuming we have a sponsor. I don't know if we have a sponsor, but maybe we will. I don't know. I'm going to find out pretty soon. <laughs> we can all right. fake a sponsor. Yeah, those, uh, those are excellent goods and or services. Well, if we don't find a sponsor, we'll put in a PSA or something here. <laughs> All don't right. do drugs don't right. do drugs that's right all right well let's get into it folks this week's case of the week explores the principle of agency law agency being when one person has authority to act for another so there's a principle the person that someone is acting on behalf of and the agent the person who is acting on behalf of the person like a real estate agent acts on behalf of the principal, the buyer and or seller of property. So the, the agency law case we are exploring is called Mill Street Church of Christ versus Hogan from the Court of Appeals of Kentucky, 
from 1990. Yay! It's a, a recent one. 1990. I know. Usually I'm going back to the 1890s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love the 90s. <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't? Was he wearing neon? That he was. A... He was probably wearing plaid and um, <laughs> and uh, some torn up jeans. So this is a case involving workers' compensation insurance when the the plaintiff, um, Mr. Hogan, got injured painting a church. So in 1986, the elders. Was he a member of the church? That is a great question. I don't know the answer. I think so, but it wasn't it wasn't his membership in the church that caused his injury. I will point that out. Okay. They decided the church needed to be repainted because, and I quote, maintaining a safe and attractive place of worship clearly is part of a church's function. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I guess right? that's true. Yep. It matters. Yep. So uh, there are two brothers, the, the, the Hogan brothers, Sam Hogan and Bill Hogan. So it's important you understand know, Sam Hogan and Bill Hogan. Are they related to Hulk Hogan? I think so. Of course they are. This is Kentucky. You know, everybody's related to somebody. I apologize to the people of the great state of Kentucky. No offense is intended by this comment. It's, Hogan is actually a relatively common last name. By the way, do you know about the Hulk Hogan case, folks? Do, do you no. know anything about? Oh, well, you know, the Hulk Hogan versus Gawker case, Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he shut it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, what happened is Peter Thiel, internet billionaire, um, was outed by the website Gawker. And so in order to take revenge, he decided to fund litigation by Hulk Hogan against Gawker Media when Gawker um, had posted a SEX tape. Of Hulk Hogan? Uh, yeah, apparently there was a, an SEX tape uh, oh. that um, uh, the word spells sex. Um, it was a... It, <laughs> um, Yes. So, are, so we are allowed to use the word and we don't have to spell it out each time if it should come up. We can, we can, yes, yeah, so you're allowed to say the <laughs> okay. word. This is, okay. I'm going to put a little, I'm going to put a check mark next to the little E. This is explicit content. Okay. <laughs> use the word sex. Um, and um, so apparently, so he, they posted this um, sex tape and he sued for, I think public disclosure of private facts, some version of a defamation tort. And he won, he got like $100 million in damages. And it came out after the case that Peter Thiel had been secretly funding the lawsuit as basically a, a grudge against Gawker Media because he's a very conservative and didn't want to be outed, apparently. Time out! Hello, this is Billy from the future, just jumping in to interrupt right here because you asked about the Hulk Hogan case. And just after recording this podcast, I received a copy of Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution by Ellie Mistal. I highly recommend this book. I received it from my sister, at Solve for Better on Twitter. Uh, and it talks about this exact case. Uh, it talks about how Peter Thiel, who's a venture capitalist that founded PayPal, um, was outed by Gawker in 2007. He became so angry that he started funding litigation against the website Gawker, but was lucky when Terry Bolia, that's the real name for Hulk Hogan, uh, decided to sue Gawker in an invasion of privacy case where a sex tape was posted on the website Gawker and he won $140 million, effectively shutting the Gawker website down. Now, the commentary by uh, Ellie Mistal is pretty interesting, and I highly recommend it. It's in Chapter 1. But uh, I wanted to interrupt and make sure that I got that information correct for you, dear listener. And now, 
back to the show. That's got nothing to do with the Mill Street Church of Christ whatsoever. This, wait, this also doesn't have to do with it, but I've been watching Pam and Tommy and they did not win their lawsuit. And their tape was like stolen and then posted everywhere. They needed to have Peter Thiel help them out. I guess you know? so. It sometimes it's justice unfair. doesn't, well, justice and, and fairness doesn't always prevail. Usually it's the, uh, uh, it's very often the person that has the stronger ability to fight. Yeah. And he probably wasn't a billionaire back in the Pam and Tommy days. Probably. Oh, right. He's probably not a billionaire now. I don't think. That's well, probably true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I did two days of background on Pam and, Pam and Tommy. They had good catering. Hey. Oh, One of the guys who was in my Second City class is in a scene in Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Character. One of All my right. friends auditioned for Pam and Tommy. Ah. <laughs> I know somebody Six who degrees. watched I know somebody who watched <laughs> one episode of Pam and Tommy. Hey, you? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> I'm going okay, to Okay, well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, so if um listener if you decide to go ahead and pause this podcast and go watch Pam and Tommy, <laughs> you can go ahead I'd and recommend it. Yes, right? Send us send a royalty check to uh, Beyond yes. Unreasonable Doubt Productions, uh, 445 South Figueroa <laughs> Avenue, Suite 3100, Los Angeles, California. All right. Mill Street Church of Christ versus Hogan. Um, the, the Mill Street Church of Christ elders decided that the, paint, the church needed some paint. And so the elders decided that Bill Hogan would paint the, the, the church. Bill Hogan was a member of the church, by the way. They also decided that uh, Gary Petty would help if, um, if Bill Hogan needed the help. Um, they, had, they had hired Bill Hogan in the past, and uh, he'd done other kind of jobs for the church, and so had his brother Sam. They'd done uh, jobs for the church together. And, and Sam is the one who sues here. Bill is not the one suing. It's Sam Hogan who's suing. Um, oh, in answer to your question, it says here that Sam had been a member of the church, but he was no longer a member of the church as of the time of the facts of this case. Got it, got it, okay, interesting. It's an, it's an important side note, I don't know why it matters, but he had been a member, he wasn't when, this, when, the, when the events occurred. So Dr. David Wagoner, one of the el elders of the church, Dr. Wagoner contacted Bill Hogan and, and said, hey, we need the church painted, and Bill said he would. Apparently he didn't mention that he would need to hire a helper. Now, <clears throat> the court wants to emphasize here that it's pretty clear based on the size of the church that Bill Hogan wasn't going to be able to paint it all by himself. All right. So Bill, he started painting by himself until he reached the baptistry portion of the church. This was very high and very difficult to paint. And he decided he did need a helper. So he went to Dr. Wagner. He said, Dr. Wagner, I think I need a helper. And Dr. Wagner said, no problem. We already approved to hire Gary Petty. Bill Wagner said to, to, the, to Dr. Wagner, well, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, Petty's hard to reach. He doesn't answer the phone very often. Uh, it, it was some, It was just just says he was difficult to reach. Um, but they knew that there was going to be a helper hired. Very important fact. The church had some idea that a helper would be hired. No mention of Sam Hogan, but an understanding that there would be a helper hired. But Sam worked with for them before. You said he had worked for them before, but not with the painting job. It may, it may have been before he left the church. Not really clear if there is a relationship between those things, but he, so it is important that Sam had worked for the church before, had done other jobs, had worked with his brother, Bill. 
He just yeah. wasn't specifically authorized for this job. Mm-hmm. So Bill Hogan couldn't find Petty, uh, Gary Petty. And so he approached his brother, Sam, and he said, Sam, I'm going to need your help. Um, here's how much we're going to pay you. And Sam said, okay, I'll do the job. So on the very first day that Sam started working, he climbed the ladder to paint a ceiling quarter and a leg of the ladder broke. Uh-huh. He felt. He fell to the floor and broke his left arm. Sam was taken to the Grayson County Hospital emergency room where he was treated. He was placed under the care of Dr. Dr. James Kleinert, a surgeon in Louisville. They didn't know, the church elders didn't know that Bill Hogan had approached Sam Hogan to work as a helper until after the accident. Can I just say that ladders are crazy dangerous? Like (laughs) the only time that I ever had to go to the hospital was I was getting my house inspected and a guy went up the ladder to the attic. He had one of those um, retractable ladders and oh, apparently God. didn't. And it, he fell, the ladder fell on my face. He came <gasps> down on my face. I, my, I started bleeding. <gasps> so like ladders are scary, dangerous. And oh my gosh. Like, that's the only oh time yeah like a grown man at a ladder fell on my face I'm against the ladder uh, right now like so what you're saying is your face is really strong yeah that's what I (laughs) only got you in the face not your torso or anything else (laughs) oh like it got me like (laughs) oh I see okay wow and it was crazy so I'm against the ladder right now like yeah I'm I'm for Sam and again so the ladder <laughs> is is at fault. Well, it sounds right. like a wooden ladder. Like it's a broken leg. Well, folks, I'll just want to point out right now that March is actually National Ladder Safety Month. Every <laughs> year in the United States of America, <laughs> more than five hundred thousand. According to the wait, is it the- really ladder? You're making this up. No, uh, no. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, March is Ladder Safety Month. <laughs> but this is so I, timely. Can Start- I go? I I have a ladder story that just happened to me recently. I'm sorry, but go I right have ahead. to share it because I'm so disturbed by. AT and T came to put fiber in my house, which I was super excited about, and they sent this little tiny guy all by himself with one of those like giant, giant like ladders that he can extend with like a rope have you ever seen those and oh, it's, i got one of those it's just one it doesn't have two sides it's just yeah. one thing he had to attach that thing to a wire the wire you know the wires that go across the telephone poles what not oh to God. the pole but to a freaking wire okay and he was like he's like can you come help me because i can't see and i had to direct him on how to connect the the ladder to that wire, and I was so afraid he was gonna fall and die because it's no, so I mean, high. It's crazy, and he's all alone. No, there's specifically a sticker that comes on the ladders that says, "Don't lean this on an electrical wire as your well, only source of." That's <laughs> what AT&T does. That's a that's sticker right there. AT&T. And this guy is like, he's like my height, like five three. I am going to bring this, I'm going to bring this back right around because I'm going to tell you that the person working for AT&T most likely was an independent contractor. Most likely. Well, very often, you know, they have like a, like a truck and they put like a magnetic sticker and it's like, I'm a contractor for direct TV. Did he have a van? 
Did yeah, he have a van? He had an AT&T. Oh, yeah. he had the van. Okay. If he had the van, then maybe he wasn't an independent. But I mean, it was really dangerous. I can't believe that that was okay for him to do. But yeah. anyway, it's still bothering me. That was like weeks ago. All right. Well, a little more <laughs> a information. Story. A little more information about ladder safety. Oh, you have a ladder story. Go I ahead. do. But, yes, but here's the thing. You don't know if it's true or false. Okay. I live in an apartment and uh, I, I have a stairwell. Like when you, when you open my door, like the stairwell is in my apartment, not outside. So uh, it's kind of dramatic and kind of sexy. I have to be honest. <laughs> um, and so it, and it's really hot. It's very steep. Okay. For years, I wanted to hang a portrait of the late great prince, like right, like in the stairwell. So that's like this thing that I see each day when I leave my house. Nice. It's dangerous. Like getting up there is not something that I can do on my own. So I rented one of those like extendable ladders, but it's literally like extending, like, you know, it's two stories, very <laughs> dangerous for me to be getting up there on my own. So I rent the ladder, I do the like extension and I was too scared to ever do it. So that rented ladder stayed in my stairwell with me having to squeeze past it for like two months. I think that's Wait. a true. I vote true. I vote that's a true story. I'll tell what you. What I want to know is the picture up now. Well, um, no, <laughs> because the story is false. Oh, oh no! Damn. Oh my god! <laughs> I was improvising. Sorry. Wow. The thing is, as a good as any good liar, since I, you know, we did have that one meeting at your house, so I do know you have a long, narrow staircase coming in. Oh, okay, right? yeah, right. I did know that, so that's why I thought. Oh, so that's that made it sound true. true to you. Although I didn't know, I didn't know your degree of devotion to Prince. So it sounded it. true to me because yeah. why right. wouldn't you want a picture of Prince greeting you every day? Yeah. <laughs> Although one hole in the story would be like, how do you get the ladder into the stairwell? And then, wow, that's that, that's. My, my thought was more like, why not just hire someone to hang it if you're gonna rent a ladder? And now that we've had this conversation, I am going to do that. And I am <laughs> going to have a portrait of Prince in my stairwell. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, well, March, March, 2017 was the first ever National Ladder Safety Month according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In the United States, more than half a million people are treated and 300 people die every single year from ladder-related injuries. The estimated cost in the United States is two point, oh, sorry, $24 billion with a B. Wow. With work losses, medical, legal, liability, pain and suffering expenses, and some of those are attorney's fees, I'll be quite honest. Probably like 80% of those. I believe mm -hmm. it. I believe it. You know, attorneys. So the four weekly focus areas of Ladder Safety Month are March 1st through 11th, the overall importance of ladder safety. March 12th through 18th, ladder safety at work. March 19th through 25th, ladder safety at home. And March 26th through April 1st, ladder inspection and disposal. <laughs> we should be reporting this tomorrow for ladder safety at work to like kick that <laughs> and then we could do it from ladders we could yeah. be on a ladder safely <laughs> using ladders <laughs> um yeah well you know it's entirely possible and even likely that this episode will not air or 
be disposed of on the internet, whatever happens in March. Uh, but but it's important for our listeners to know that that we are recording this in March, which is not only Ladder Safety Month, it's also <laughs> Women's History Month. That's right. So a better known, a better known observance for those of you who don't observe National Ladder Safety Month. (laughs) (laughs) Or Natal Safety Month either. Yeah, exactly. Natal Safety Month. (laughs) National Ladder Safety Month. Um, Okay, well, that's the CDC for you. Ever, ever helpful. (laughs) So Sam Hogan fell off a ladder. In March? Yeah. <laughs> it was in December of 1986, his first day oh, on the job. Okay. It was a half an hour after he started. He fell off the freaking. Oh ladder. my God. Wow. I think they planned it. <laughs> the church, you think, was mm-hmm. after him? I, him yeah. and the brother. Oh, could be. Right? Church has got money. That's right. Well, it's actually, there is an insurance company involved. It's a state automobile mutual insurance company uh, that's apparently driving this case. Um, Insurance is also a big deal. So after his brother fell off the ladder, Bill Hogan went and reported the accident to Charles Payne, who is a church elder and treasurer. Payne said that uh, he admitted that the church did have insurance. Bill told Payne the number of hours worked, which included the half an hour that Sam Hogan had worked before he fell off the ladder. Payne gave him a check for all those hours, and Bill also, um, he didn't use his own tools or materials for the project. Uh, for those of you who are thinking about independent contractors versus employees, that's an important fact. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't have his own tools or materials. The church supplied all the tools, materials, and supplies necessary to complete the project. Bill Hogan had purchased those items from Dunn's hardware store and charged them to the church's account. See, that's what Was he allowed to do that? He was. See, being a freelancer, yeah, like being a freelancer, when I was freelancing for like set decoration, like we had to buy all our stuff and then we had like, they gave us $150. Like they're like $150. But a lot of times, like what you need is way more than that. So well, that I like is- that they had it. I like that, that, that the church did that because supplying your own stuff is sometimes they quote you really low. Well, Kathy, let me just take a pause for a second and tell you that that was wildly illegal. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> Do you need a lawyer? And, <laughs> and was, it few, was it fewer than four years ago? Yeah. Was it? No, because like that's what they do for wait, how long? But how long ago was it? I'm like, wait, I'm developing business right here on my own podcast. How long ago did I'm, that happen? I, uh, I probably, yeah, it was probably seven years ago. Well, it's more. They oh, should yeah. have you to re- t- turn in your receipts and reimburse your yeah. receipts. There yeah, no, they, yeah. Well, I meant like, cause like I would use like $150, but I would use like my pins. Like I had pins cause I would like, um, I helped costuming with like, it came unripped and I'm like, oh, I have some pins. So like stuff that I, I know I was giving away my stuff. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is. And I also like as a costumer, so no, I don't, I, so I turn in my receipts and then I get a kit rental fee so that whatever I use for my kit. Yeah, like, just quoted me first. And then I, oh yeah, okay. Um, I got ripped off. You did, Damn. very badly. Mm. Do that again, right? 
I'm sorry? Oh, you'll never do that again, right? You'll never, if you go back to that profession, oh. Kathy, you will never accept $150 when you spent 300. Yeah. No, no, here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. This is what you're gonna do. Okay? You're gonna let them not reimburse you. Okay? <laughs> you're gonna say, you're gonna tell them, you're gonna keep the receipts. Okay. You're going to say, oh yeah, $150 is just fine, but make sure it doesn't get recorded or in writing anywhere. <laughs> and then you're going to go spend $155 and keep the receipt. <laughs> then you are going to call me and we are going to sue the shit out of them. Um, then you just like incriminate yourself by putting that on a podcast. Nobody listens to this <laughs> podcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You'll, you'll edit that part out. I think they, I think this was, this was a dirty deed on their part. It was, that is, that is ridiculous. You have to, <laughs> folks, if you're an accountant and you're listening to this podcast, folks, you can tell your uh, clients, businesses, they need to reimburse employee expenses. The number one fastest growing area of the law in the state of California right now is plaintiff side employment claim claims. And one of the areas that's an easy slam dunk is personal use of cell phone. They take a, you take a picture for work on your cell phone and your employer doesn't reimburse you, then you go sue them and say, I had personal business expenses. That'll be $60,000, please. At CBS yesterday, one of the girls on the floor she was working. She was just on her phone the entire time. Oh yeah, I think that <laughs> I was is. Just I, like what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I think that that is. Uh, so She's I don't know. Having a conversation. Yeah. Well. I don't know that's if she could sue for that because unless she's not using it, if she's not using it for work purposes. Then that's a. It would have been. It made me mad. For, I, I'm still mad about it, as you can tell. Rightfully so. And calling someone on a customer's behalf to like get information about a product. No, definitely not. Because <laughs> she was talking about kids going to school and blah, blah, blah. All right. It was a personal call for sure. And I needed help and I couldn't ask her because she was on the phone. She was posting to Instagram about those dental <laughs> flossers that she needed on aisle 12. <laughs> right. Well, we've gone way far astray. Well, I know, man. <laughs> It all relates back to principle and agency law. You see, the principle here, the principle, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L, principal, principal, like the principal of a school who's not your pal, the principal is the person for whom the, the actions are taken. So here, the church is the principal. The church is giving, so the, the question really is whether Bill Hogan was an agent for the church that had the authority to hire his brother, Sam. Oh. Okay. So this case comes to, this case is an agency law case because if, if Sam wasn't authorized to be hired by the church and he was there for the, again, this isn't the state of California, the, the rules and states change can be different, but if he wasn't there as the church's employee, then he wouldn't be covered for workers' comp insurance. And so he wouldn't get any money from the insurance company for his broken arm. So of course the insurance company would much rather pay a lawyer 
than pay for a broken arm because that's <laughs> how insurance companies roll. Yeah. I have I have no insurance company clients. <laughs> Um, so, so the question is whether Bill Hogan was authorized as an agent to hire his brother. Now, remember, what are the facts? You know, folks, this is where we're going to do a little quizzing of who is paying attention. What are the facts that support the idea that Bill had the agency authority to hire Sam? Well, you said that it was obvious that he would need help based on the size of the church. Right? Mm -hmm. That's true. He also, uh, remember, they discussed Mr. Petty. Yeah. Right, right. And he was unavailable. He was unavailable. But they knew that he was going to need a helper. And they authorized him to hire Mr. Petty. Also, Sam Hogan had worked for the church before. Right. So they knew that they were going to need, he was going to need a helper. They knew he couldn't paint it by himself. They knew, they, they said he could hire a helper. And after the fact, when he went to the treasurer, now here's you, now you CPAs who are listening here, here's where you can help your clients. The treasurer wrote a check, meaning to be helpful for that half an hour of work that Sam did before he fell off the ladder. Oh. It's the, yeah. He made it. It's all over, right? So since he was Busted. paid, then obviously well, it was it's okay? A, it's another fact supporting the idea that Bill Hogan was authorized to hire Sam because Mr. Charles Payne paid for that half an hour of time, paid for the supplies. What was a half an hour's time worth back in 1986? 1986, uh, 12 cents. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> $5. $5. Um, yeah, so he, he gave him a check for all of the hours, including his brother's time um, and reimbursed him for the expenses, Dunn's hardware store. And so, the, so there are two doctrines of authority here that the, the court's um, looking at. One is implied or actual authority, and the other is apparent authority. So those of you that are taking notes, this is where you'd pull out your notebook. And those of you that are taking a quiz, this is an excellent point for a quiz question. The difference between implied or actual authority or apparent authority. Actual authority is that the principal here, the church, actually intended for the agent to have the authority to do things that are necessary to carry out the purpose of the delegated task. So here, Bill Hogan was put in charge of painting the church. The church gave him the actual or implied authority to do whatever he needed to do to paint the frickin' church. And so, right. so you look at the relationship and basically the church said, you, Bill Hogan, you're going to paint the church and do what you need to do. Buy the supplies, get a helper, whatever you need to do. That's your job. We just want to see the church painted about the time you're done. It didn't necessarily matter that the church was hoping they'd, that he'd hire somebody who was still going to the church, Mr. Petty, and not someone who had dropped out, Mr. Sam Hogan. But they knew that he, he was going to need somebody. So all those, all those factors support a, an actual authority that Bill Hogan, as the agent of the church, had the authority to hire his brother as a helper. They never said that he can't hire someone who's not in the church, right? Right. So the, all that authority is implied when you ask somebody to do something, you are, you're basically, they're your agent, meaning that they're in charge of completing that task and they have the authority they need to complete that task. Um, so in principle and agency law, the reason that's important is that when an agent is authorized to act on behalf of the principal, then the agent can bind, quote unquote, the word is bind the principal. So the church is responsible legally responsible for what Bill Hogan did because he was acting within the scope of his authority. 
Mm, he, was he was allowed to hire somebody, so the church right. is responsible. So the other version of agency here that we're talking about is apparent authority. So this is not the same thing as actual authority or implied authority that comes with the position. We're looking at the perspective of Sam, Bill's brother. So Sam is, from, from his perspective, from where he's sitting, he doesn't necessarily know all the things that Bill knows about they were, that they were going to hire another person, that he was allowed to hire a helper, that they told him he could do what he needed to do to complete the job, that, you know, that he had basically been put in charge of this job. He just knew, Bill's painting the church, and he asked me to help. So, right. so the idea of apparent authority is to protect these third parties who are relying on the impression that the other person is, is acting on behalf of the church. It's, it's basically called the reliance interest, That's, that Sam Hogan had the ability to rely on his, on his brother's representation or his behavior that implied that he had the, that, sorry, does that word implied, but that, that told, apparently meant he could hire him. So because from Sam's perspective, it's not fair if the church says, well, we didn't say you could hire your brother, right? right. It's, it's not fair that, that he, you know, from his perspective, it seemed like they could have. So the church is, from the church's perspective, it's kind of unfair because they're not in control of who gets hired, right? And, and they're charged. So if Bill had hired Sam and done something wrong and, and the church was charged with that behavior because they put Bill in charge and then Bill did something crazy, right? He's their agent, apparently. And so the law kind of looks at these two people in different perspectives, and they say, well, the principal, the church, has a better ability to choose an agent or to put somebody in charge, has a better ability to control. And so in between, when we're deciding between what's fair to someone who's a third party who doesn't know whether the person's really an agent or not, and the principal, the person who's ultimately responsible, we're going to stick it to the principal. Also, that's the insurance company. So we're going to stick it to the insurance company. So, so there's lots of reasons. He had, been, he had worked for the church before. He had been paid for the work. It was something that happened in the past. So, so the court here is looking at basically two reasons why there would be authority. Can I just say, it sounds so, it sounds so formal, like my church growing up like was next to a school and like the school janitor was also the PE teacher who also did stuff in the church so it seems like right here like that they seem like any church church is always about like small communities and stuff that they would have not been so serious with Sam like they would have been like oh yeah it's his brother I'm like if he didn't fall and cost them money like they wouldn't care who he hired True. Fell and cost them money. I think that's why. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was food. Hey, Sam, you know, bring your whole family and paint the church. But when that's when, well, that's when Billy, uh, <laughs> that's when, that's when we decide to uh, do a podcast about it. It would have cost them less just to pay for it instead of like go through all this legal stuff. You know, that is a, that is a really good question. A cost benefit analysis. I, I don't know. I mean, presumably the, the insurance company was considering that, although there's also, you know, um, well, I could go on a long diatribe about the law and economics here. Do you have, do you want to go on this journey with me? 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, so, ask, so just, yeah. Was, was Sam, I mean, how did it become a legal matter? Like, did the church just say, when he said, hey, who's going to pay for my hospital bills? Did the church try to deny him? So what had happened in the initial case, so this is an appeal. In the initial case, the workers' compensation board had said, for workers' comp purposes, Sam is your employee. So the church, really the insurance company, appealed. Mm -hmm. In the case of insurance companies, typically, um, they have attorneys that they pay on a, a lower rate and they do a volume practice. They do a lot of cases. Workers comp um, rates are very low. It's very inexpensive. And so they're doing a cost benefit analysis. And when you're looking at a workers comp case, typically it's the injury and the disability that goes with it. And um, there's a whole analysis and you have to compensate the person for the injury for as long as it's going to affect them in their work scenario. And so insurance companies, because insurance companies are evil, they're necessary evil, but they're evil. Um, State Farm guy is evil. They are. They are. Listen, listen, listen. You don't get the tallest building in every single city by paying out claims. You get the tallest building in every single city by accepting premiums and denying claims. Okay. That is how you get the tallest building in the city. You accept premiums <laughs> and deny claims. Okay, You're that's the wrong. insurance game. I know I'm not wrong. And <laughs> I know I'm right about this. I'm wrong about a lot of things, but this I know. So the law and <laughs> economics theory, in an individual case, if you're totally rational and have perfect information, you will, you'll, um, every case will settle. Basically, is the, the, the general theory of law and economics. Um, and it's been, um, it was best articulated by Judge Posner in the Seventh Circuit out of Chicago. So Judge Richard Posner is a big uh, law and economics proponent and basically says, with perfectly rational actors, with perfect information, we'll resolve the case every single time without necessity of going to court. Because if you have perfect information, you know exactly what your probability of success is and what the cost is of getting there versus the cost of paying a claim. And so when, you, when someone gets sued, they're going to have to think about, well, what's it going to cost for me to hire an attorney and defend the case versus just pay out the claim, which is why plaintiffs, employment law attorneys are the fastest growing business in the state of California, because wow. every single time on an individual basis, it's going to be cheaper to pay a claim than to hire an attorney and defend yourself. Plus, you have the uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen in a trial. So in this case, back to your question, Tony, in this case, the insurance company decided it's cheaper for us to hire lawyers to appeal this case than it is to pay for this guy's broken arm. And insurance companies are very rational. And they, <laughs> they are. I believe that. They are very rational and they are very good at doing actuarial tables of costs and figuring out, you know, what are, what's the likely exposure of something. And so they figured it's probably cheaper to appeal and deny this guy benefits if we can, as opposed to pay for his broken arm. That's crazy. It's a human being. Sure. Mm hmm well, that's not how insurance companies it's a think. Church, I am ashamed. Uh -huh. Oh my god! It's a church. Oh. Yeah, I believe the Hill Street Church of Christ. I don't. I believe that Christ didn't say love your neighbor except when he falls off a ladder <laughs> in your church. In those cases, fuck <laughs> you. That's not. The, that's not the principal piece. That's not. I the don't know. Piece. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the story is that in fact the underlying court's decision was affirmed the award of workers' compensation damages was upheld. 
and Sam Hogan got his money. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Plus a little, I mean, something for pain and stuff. So how much did he, I mean, geez, it couldn't have been more. Mm, it doesn't yeah. say how much money here in my very hefty law school case book. <laughs> These are heavily edited. We don't care about how much money. All right, we have a little law school hypothetical. <laughs> Suppose that Paul owns an apartment building and Anne is hired to man manage it. If Paul tells Anne to hire a company to cut the grass and Anne does it, does Paul have to pay the contract? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's yeah. in charge. Yep, that's, so that's, yeah. that's, that's actual or implied authority, right? She, they, told, they told her, get someone to cut the grass. That's what Anne did. So that was her actual authority. So yeah. I feel like my apartment, my management told the people to like, hey, have someone blow the grass or whatever, the leaves at a, at a time that's going to be so annoying. For every, <laughs> every, I think like every person in the apartment building, because that's, I mean, yeah, it's an annoying time. 7 a.m. on Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, so annoying. And yeah. I'm just, that, that's why I feel like maybe that was cheaper. I don't know, but that's the my part. Yeah, absolutely. The, blow, the 7 a.m. on Saturday, that's when the blowers start. My, my gym is outside and they, they always blow the leaves at 7 a.m. like every day, which is exactly when like our class starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my poor coaches are like, ah! can't hear me <laughs> all right quiz question number two all right paul, okay. paul and ann um remember paul's the apartment owner Anne's the manager Anne has not been asked to hire a janitorial company she goes and she hires janitorial company to clean the apartment common areas not the individual apartments just the common areas is paul responsible to pay the contract of the janitorial company Wait, so she's still hired to, what was she hired to do? She's the manager. He hasn't told her to hire, he didn't tell her to oh. hire a janitor, but oh. she went ahead and did it anyway. Is the, I think Paul, Paul's responsible. I agree. Yes. Because like plumbing is important, like, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's well, always that everybody has to have. Well, and this is, again, this is from the perspective of the janitorial company. So that's apparent authority. She's the manager. She's right. got, it's within her scope of duty. So clearly there's an apparent authority to hire a janitorial company. And if Paul says, well, I didn't tell her she could hire, she could hire you. She's the manager. She signed the contract. She's there. He's going to be bound by that contract. And yeah. it's also implied as part of her role as an apartment manager that, you know, cleaning the common area is something that she'd be responsible oh, yeah. to ensure occurs. So, so under both of those theories, I would say she would that Paul would be responsible to pay for that contract. Now, just curiously, I mean, I know that these are hypotheticals, mm -hmm. but it's unlikely that she would do that without saying, hey, I'm gonna hire a janitor. Well, yeah, most likely I she would have so. some, some kind of a contract that would define what the scope of her authority is. Um, so, you know, right, right. so what would happen, so what could happen in a three in a three part kind of relationship like that is if, let's say Paul gave, um, gave her a contract. And in her contract, he says, you're only allowed to spend $100 a month on janitorial. All right. And oh. she goes out and she hires a janitor company for $150 a month. So she, 
the janitor is going to say, here's my bill for $150. Paul's going to say, I only authorized $100 a month. And the janitorial company is going to say, tough patooties. Right. You're hired. We quoted the bid. Your agent signed the contract. You need to pay $150. So the problem then is become is between Paul and Anne, right? So she exceeded the scope of her authority, but it's not fair to the third party who relied on the apparent implied authority of the manager to not pay, pay her contract. But she, <clears throat> Paul might fire Anne or, you know, make a claim out of the contract that she wasn't allowed to do that. And so that would be, so that's how the burdens and the benefits are kind of laid out. Okay, okay. Um, the use of these words, applied and implied and all of this, <laughs> starting to get a little salady up here, but it's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, well, let's, 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 let's unsalad the salad and let's, what, so what did you want to, so the. No, no, I'll, I'll catch on, but you know, it's uh I just need a little practice with uh with these concepts. Well, sometimes I go really like I go fast, and sometimes I over-explain, and then sometimes I don't explain enough. So, so let me. So just coming back. So the basic rule of this case, the basic thing that you that it's the case is the reason it's in this uh, law law school textbook, a uh, business law textbook, is because you're talking about the concept of a principal and an agent relationship. So the principal being the person who is having someone something done for them, they're the one in charge, they're the one that's ultimately responsible, and the agent who acts on behalf of the principal. Okay, and this case, this case really is designed to demonstrate two versions of agency. There are other versions of agency law. There are other ways that someone can be an agent of a principal. And there are other rules that can apply based upon the relationship of the principal and the agent. But this, this case is designed to show you how implied or actual authority works. So in this case, we have Bill, the, the guy who's hired to paint the church, is the agent of the church under a theory of implied or actual authority. Because he's, his job is to paint the church, he needs, he's got the authority, the ability to do whatever it is that's necessary to achieve the purpose of what he's been, they use the word delegate, what's been delegated to him. So it's been delegated. To, so the church obviously has an interest in having, a, I think the words of the case are, maintaining a safe and attractive place of worship clearly is part of a church's function and one for which it would designate an agent to ensure the building is properly painted and maintained. Yeah, you want pretty wedding pictures, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want your wedding to be like with purple walls. Right. <laughs> right, you can't charge 25 grand to have a wedding in your church if the paint's peeling. <laughs> you just can't. I don't, even if it's, I'm not getting married, I don't want to pray and like, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> By Sunday for prayer and paint chips. <laughs> I mean, Jesus won't even take my, you know, take my prayer seriously if I'm. If I'm yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think of church. I think of donuts, and I'm like, you know, you get those aren't <laughs> those aren't sprinkles. <laughs> those aren't rainbow sprinkles. Those are paint chips. Don't eat them, kids. Wait, were there donuts at your church? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, oh, can I tell you a little bit about donut politics? 
Yeah, I will. I'll tell you no, a little bit about donut politics. So I'm a, I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus. I'm not that active, but um, but uh, yeah, the Knights of Columbus is a fraternal organization dedicated. My, to, my grandfather was in the Knights of Columbus. Yeah, my grandfather was a fourth degree knight. I only made it to the first degree and I learned the secret handshake and dropped out. But, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> So the Knights of Columbus was started um, in Boston in the 1800s because um, Irish people weren't uh, weren't treated fairly, and somebody had to take care of the wives and the children when the men, you know. Right. Anyway, oh, see, I I thought it was started by Italians. No, Italians dominate the Knights of Columbus, but it was started for the Irish. Interesting. It's, it is. It is dominated by the Italians. Uh, that. Well, I could be wrong, actually. You know, let me just, Father Michael J. McGivney is the founder of the Knights of Columbus. I know that because I'm a first degree knight. <laughs> you have an outfit? Do you, you have, have that little pin? I, oh, have okay. a, I have a pin. Yeah, I have a pin. Um, Father Michael J. McGivney. Okay, Billy. Mm -hmm. Will you show us the secret handshake or? He <laughs> <laughs> can't. We're, we're no, women. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the reason I was like, this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of stupid. I was like, okay, I, uh, we, yeah, there. Even putting you in that position, I joined because my next door neighbor was in the Knights of Columbus, and he's really, he's a really nice guy. And I was like, he's like, come on, just come down. He's like, it's the same five guys all the time. We rotate who's the Grand Knight every couple of months. <laughs> He's like, I'm the grand knight right now. And I'm like, okay, I went to a couple of meetings. It's like, <laughs> I was like, because when my grandpa did it, it was like fun. Like they did barbecues and pancake brunches. And I was like, ah, I down. <laughs> so I got started talking about donut politics. So right. here's the deal. Donut politics. So, so the way the way church organizations make money is donut Sundays, right? So you bring, you bit, everybody knows the economics of a dozen donuts, right? It's like mm, 15, 20 bucks for a dozen donuts. And then you put a little basket and you say, take all the free donuts you want and go ahead and leave any money in the basket. So people come up and their kids take a donut and they put 10 bucks in. They just finished church. They're feeling holy. They're feeling good. I'm going to pay 10 bucks for a donut, right? So the donut slush fund is incredible. So there are multiple fraternal organizations and groups. There is there's the Knights of Columbus, there's the PTA, there's the, you know, the, 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 the school, all these different groups are trying to raise money and everybody wants the good donut slot and everybody knows the nine o'clock service is the donut money. That's the donut money show, <laughs> right? Because that's when the kids go. That's when they have the children's liturgy, right? And the, the kids come out, they want their donuts and their parents are feeling holy and they're handing off the money because they got an hour of free babysitting. <laughs> I was yeah, unaware was, of all of this. I had no idea. I mean, I uh, oh yeah. I don't, I don't go to church now, but I went to church a lot as a mm -hmm. child, and we never had donuts. No, so. this is what well, this is what goes on behind the scenes at certain churches. Okay, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. It's a certain church in Pasadena. I won't mention the name of where the donut politics get intense. Well, <laughs> I would have probably gone to church if I had known there's going to be a donut there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It definitely helps with attendance. It definitely helps with attendance. Unless it's just like those dry powdered sugar ones. Oh no, no. They're the good ones. They're the good ones. They're the good ones. You got to push those donuts out. You got the people in the church. They do the pray. They go out, they get the donut. That's how it goes. <laughs> but see, the thing is everybody knows that the 12 o'clock mass, the people who go to the 12 o'clock mass, they don't want donuts. It's too late for donuts. They're going to go to lunch. lunch. Too, 
and you know so they don't spend a lot of money on donuts so you get the shaft you get the <laughs> you get the noon service forget about it you yeah. want the 9 a.m you want people coming out at 10 o'clock ready to roll for those donuts because you are going <laughs> to make some bank then you can pay all the workers compensation claims you want <laughs> yeah i was just so so what do you think i mean i know that the church doesn't have to pay tax anyway but how much money do you think, like a you know, just your basic church, not a big fancy one, but how much would you say they're taking in on this this donut scam? <laughs> no, you're thinking about I mean, you're thinking about like a buck or two a donut, right? On average, buck fifty-two, maybe. You know, people people have, they're loose with the fives. They're loose with the fives. You know, um, you know, the kids come in. They got two, three kids. You know, we're Catholic, so there are a lot of kids. So, you know, like, uh, you know, so like two, three kids, five bucks a kid, 20 bucks for a couple of donuts. You buy them for 15 bucks. You sell them for five bucks a piece. So you're making about a, about a, about a 400% profit on the donuts. And then beyond there, it just scales up based on, you know, volume. Law and economics. Wow. And donut politics. <laughs> I'm going to start having a donut service on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, anything, Excited. you know, it's kind of, well, okay. The equivalent, Free would be, donuts. the equivalent would be jungle juice in college. You know, the jungle juice politics, right? You know, the, you know, jungle, jungle juice. juice. Yeah. You take Kool-Aid and you pour rum in it and then you sell, sell it for like five bucks a cup. What? No. What? Oh, you guys. Well, guys would have to pay. <laughs> Girls don't have to pay for drinks in college. I feel like. Oh. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> I don't know. I went to college in New York. We didn't have any jungle juice. You take some get for for, for yeah, for drinks in college. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. You mean like a party, like when somebody had like a party and they'd be like, the, yeah, I don't a party. You 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 don't pay for the little red solo cup when they come in. No, you just get no. it. No, free thing. I think actually that you were the only one charged for that. <laughs> good. I'm subsidizing everyone's jungle juice. They're like, oh, Billy's coming. Extra, yeah. extra pineapples in his red solo cup right there. I'm paying. It's on me. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Matt, that was in the 90s, folks. That was in the 90s. I did go to college in the 90s. All right. So long ago. Can I just go back to Knights of Columbus? I just have one question. Yeah. For, of me? Was right. there a costume? Oh, yeah. There absolutely is a costume, but you don't get the costume until you get to third or fourth degree. I think it's There's fourth. like a sword, too, right? Oh, yeah. You, fourth degree. Yeah. My grandfather had a sword. He had a sash. Mm -hmm. a he was a the hat with the thing on the, with the, yes. the and then yes. the color of the tassels on the top of the hat, it depends on if you're a grand knight. A grand knight is like the head of the council, a fourth degree grand knight. So that's like the, the and then you get into like the supreme grand knight. They have like a state convention and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. What are the issues? What are the men talking about? I mean, I know it, just anything you can tell us. I know it's, I know it's secrets. And it's mostly Donuts. abortion. No, it's mostly abortion. Really? Abortion. Yeah, that's a, big, that's a big thing. That's a big one. Anti-abortion? Um, yeah, yeah, abortion and um, yeah, abortion. That's the main thing. It's interesting how an all-male group wants to talk about abortion. Isn't it though? Isn't it though? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? 
naked ladies, but no, they want to talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. It's really, uh, that's a big one. On a so, press. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, I mean, that there's some people that that's their, that's their thing. Um, uh, it's mostly focused on service, really. It's supposed to be a fraternal organization. The idea behind the founding really had to do with um, widows and orphans. So you put yourself back in the time when it was founded. If a man were to die and he was the sole earner of a household, then his wife and children would have no source of support. And so the, the, the idea of the Knights of Columbus were to help these men who were basically laborers um, if they all joined together, they, there was basically the agreement that, you know, if, if something happens to me, you'll take care of my family. And that turned into an insurance company. So, so I do still have Knights of Columbus life insurance. It is, oh. it is good life insurance. Uh, the mob kind of works that way too, mm-hmm. you know, like. Similar, <laughs> similar. But there aren't any Italians in that organization, right? Oh, no, none, none, none at all. <laughs> Uh, no, so none, none that I know of, none at all. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's so service and like, and so, you know, like that's why the pancake breakfasts and the barbecues and, um, you know, fundraisers, things like that. If they're usually, if the church needed to be painted, the Knights would be the ones that would get involved and I'm bringing it back again, back on topic. Dude, a night fall off a ladder. <laughs> oh, they do, but they have good insurance. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I feel like this is, it's a very, like, it, there's nothing to debate on this case because it's just obvious. Like, obviously the churches uh, should be held responsible. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I think the real question that's interesting is why did they appeal it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the church appealed it or the insurance company appealed it. I actually think that question that uh, I forgot who asked this early on is whether Sam was a member of the church. I kind of think that that's part yeah. of it. It's like, like uh, this dude dropped out of church and he stopped coming and he comes and paints for a half a freaking hour. Yeah. And then we're going to pay for his broken arm because his brother was like, yeah, hey, come on, bro. Help me paint the church. But it's not his fault. He felt like maybe yeah, I he mean, didn't do it on purpose. I don't know. We don't know if Sam, if Sam Hogan was a lush. <laughs> but I mean, I guess, I mean, just because he's not attending, it's not like, you know, he didn't, you know, I mean, we don't know, I guess, the circumstances that he left, but I'm guessing he didn't like go to worship Satan. <laughs> no. <laughs> you never know. That requires you to get up early in the morning. You got to start early. Wait, I thought Satan happens at night. I know you sleep during the day. You got to get up early, yeah. like two in the morning. Oh, I see. What Paint you your mean. anagrams, okay. and it's just—that's okay. a lot of work. That's a lot of work. I mean, you got to be committed. You got to be committed. Yeah. I can't commit. To that. <sighs> no, Lucifer, Lucifer don't. Lucifer don't tolerate no lightweights. <laughs> I bet you they're still alive. It would be super cool if we were able to interview them. <laughs> oh yeah. We should have gotten oh. them on the phone right now. Get him, get <laughs> get him. Just call every Bill Hogan. Yeah, yeah or Sam. Sam Hogan. And- Sam had a little trouble picking up the phone, though. <laughs> what with that arm? Oh, uh, I was going to say too soon, but it's been years, so I think it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, like usually the cases are like, you know. They're usually from the 30s. Yeah. These guys, I bet you they're still thriving. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, interesting. There's nothing in here about suing the ladder company because the ladder broke, by the way. Yeah. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. Very cool. I mean, but how, how old was the ladder? Again, if the church supplied the ladder, well, it's the church's yeah. fault. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say in the case whether Bill Hogan had gone down to Dunn's hardware store and bought a new ladder or whether it was the one they had, you know, just just kind of like the wooden ladder they had behind the place, just kind of like like molding away. Yeah, like in the sun, like just yeah, rotting. Just, it's just yeah. complete garbage ladder. And then they leaned it on a wire. All right, you guys want to do a little improv? Wait, improv? <laughs> right. I literally forgot. <laughs> forgot this is it, law and improv. So, uh, I I would love this job, but just know that um if I get hired, I'm I'm gonna need an assistant. Okay, no problem. We, yeah, we totally back you up on that. I mean, sure. Just um make sure it's a capable person you know, someone you can trust, oh, yeah. you know, you know we're, but we're here for you. Sure. I mean, because like wedding planning is like so difficult, you know, and I just need someone to help run around. Um, my sister's really great. If I can just get my sister. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's my sister that's getting married. So I feel like oh, if yeah. I can speak for my sister, you could speak for your sister right so yeah I'm, I'm i'm cool with that yeah i think everything will be fine totally fine i'm bonding with you so me between too. you i just want to let you know she has a little drinking problem so does my sister really? <laughs> yes. oh my gosh oh my it's gosh so <laughs> she loves long island i see what about your sister oh yeah she likes la waters yeah What's it's LA similar North? though? It's kind of like a long island, like it's a dirtier Long Island iced tea. <laughs> Very good. Very yeah. Good. Yeah. Interesting. Gosh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should all hang out sometime. Well, we will on the wedding day. Oh, uh, hello. Oh, hi. Um, hey, Jane. You are the most awesome wedding planner sister in the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Doing right now. I'm at the smog cutter. I know it's only 2 p.m. Oh, Why don't you come down and have a little the bartender? It was very cute, by the way. You should have, at 2 p.m. How long have you been there? Oh, that doesn't matter. That does not matter. Oh, come on. I just got you this job. Remember, we're going to try to play low key on the alcoholism. Just come down here and meet me, and you can taste these um, Long Islands, and we can uh, see if they make for like the signature drink for the wedding. Oh, okay. If it's for the wedding. <laughs> Yeah, if it's for the wedding. I knew you would make it! Of course. If it's anything for the wedding, you know, I'm all business. It's totally about the wedding. Oh my God. I just want you to know, I only took a sip. I didn't drink. I just had one sip. Just one sip. Just one sip. What's up? I was waiting for you. Maybe 
because I can't wait till you plan my awesome wedding. Wait, we're not planning yours. We're you're helping me with the wedding. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh my god. Well, that works because that way. That way I don't have to be careful about my drinking. It's cool if I just if I just have a sip before we go to work, right? It's cool. Oh my goodness. I fine, fine. One sip won't hurt. It's if we're gonna be used as, you know, tasting, you know, tasting our menus for our clients. Yeah, you know, it's so important. It's real important. Drink up. Here we go. Cheers. I was Cheers. Honey, <laughs> Billy, babe. There is a drunk woman ruining the setup of my wedding right now. How did this happen? What did you do? Who did you hire? This is the most important day of my life. I don't know. I mean, uh, the, I mean, they were like, they said they could plan the wedding. And so I said, okay. That's your answer? Well, That's I mean, your answer. this is an important day. And I thought, Two heads are better than one. So what is wrong with you today? Are you high? What is it? You don't even sound like yourself. We're getting married today. She's ruining my wedding. I, she might fall off a ladder and like break her arm or something. I don't know. She's crazy out there. She's like dancing around with the decorations and I I don't know what's going on. I don't know where my sister is. I thought that I left her in charge, but I don't know what to do. It's my wedding day. Excuse me. I just need you to. Are you the bride? Yes. You look beautiful. I just I pulled these flowers down off of the uh, off of the tables, just thinking they would look better in your hair. No. Why, why would you do that? We, they need to stay on the tables. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Well, you know what. Okay, excuse me. I'm gonna just grab a ladder and put the put. I don't, I don't think we should go on any ladders. I think you should just you should just leave. I need to find my sister. I I didn't, I didn't need to figure out what's going on because it's my wedding day and it's supposed to be the most amazing day of my life and it's not right now. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna get my sister. Why? What's wrong? Um, Jane, is this your sister? This is, hi, Jane, I'm Sarah, Jane's sister. I mean, I, I told you, I told you you could use your sister, but I didn't know she was going to show up drunk. I mean, just because my sister's an alcoholic too, doesn't mean that your sister should be an alcoholic and drunk at my sister's wedding. I was so not drunk. She's I'm not drunk. drunk. She just had one sip. This is just one sip of it. Okay, well, my sister is in the other room crying her eyes out, mascara running down her face onto her beautiful wedding dress uh, while your sister is, like, pulling apart the decor. Uh, excuse me, uh, ladies. Uh, so, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Brad, the, uh, Billy Brad, the, the, the groom. Uh, and so... Brad, uh, you are uh, yeah, so, so, um, by the way, excellent Long Island iced teas. Uh, and so my, my fiance is kind of upset. Yeah. Yes, obviously, Billy Brad, he's, she's very upset. 
you, yeah, you're not yourself today. She's kind of upset. And I was just wondering uh, if there's anything you could do. We can, oh, you know what? But, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just uh, have the cake cutting ceremony a little bit early. How about that? That'll distract her. Yeah, and so that's a good idea because she. Wait, really wait, wait, wait! The guest, the guests aren't even here yet. What are you guys talking about? I think it's a... cut the cake before the guests come. Well, Would you know, my uh, fiance really likes cake, mm-hmm. and yeah. and so do I. I like cake. Good cake is actually I mean, really really good. And I, I'm just so... wondering if you guys should even get married at this point. Like, I. I'm kind of worried now for my sister. I'm worried that with my own judgment, I mean, I hired you and I'm what, yeah. I'm basically ruining my sister's wedding. Um, so I <sighs> Not just, on purpose. I feel like you're being really... Yeah. yeah, I'm with her. I feel like you're being really super unsupportive. Uh, and, you know, me. like as though you're kind of trying to like insert yourself into the relationship and these nice oh. ladies are, are going to get her cake which is something she likes and you're trying to deny her something and she's going to be my wife which means that she's going to do what I think is best and so if she wants to have cake and I think it's best I think it's really probably a good idea if maybe you don't perhaps go so get like quite a like get involved I mean, you know my sister, right? You know she's not going to do what you tell her to do. I this mean, is 1999. Women don't do really, what they're told to do. I feel like you're trying to act as the agent for your sister. Oh, yeah. Wedding day. I'm, I'm trying to help her. It's her wedding day. Why is everyone ganging up on me? I just want my sister to be happy on her wedding day. I mean, and- you are the cake blocker. I mean, <laughs> total cake blocking. You know I mean, what, guys? We all want you, cake. We okay. all want cake. You know what? Why don't you guys cake. go ahead, cut the cake. They want cake. Start eating it with no one here. And then let's bring in my sister and let's see how she feels about it when you're covered in cake on her wedding day before all the guests arrive. Is that, do you think you want to do that? Do you think that's a good plan? I mean, I think it's bad luck if you see a bride on her wedding day. So why don't I leave you? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I could eat, have, take my piece of cake and then the three of you could have all the cake you want. And then what happens at the part of the ceremony when the cake cutting happens and you're supposed to, you know, and you stuff the cake in each other's faces and oh, is yeah. not going to do that part? Then later, you cake blocker. Oh. Have you ever heard of just like turning the cake around? The plan was to put the cake in the middle of the dance floor when they cut it and they, you know, do whatever they want to do. So you're going to see all the sides. Do you have love in your life? What kind of a question is that? It's a question. Yeah. Do you have love in your life? Of course I have love in my life. Of course. (laughs) I like these questions from you 
What I need to do is make sure that this wedding goes well for my sister so that she doesn't kill me. Okay. That's all I'm trying to do. Oh, what's up, ladies? You guys see my brother? What's up? Good to see you. What's up? Chad? Searching. Yeah, what's up? Chad Brad. You guys know me? Chad Brad, my brother Billy. What's up? I'm ready to party down with this. Wedding. Let's get the wait, wedding wait, wait. And ding a ding a on. What is up? Uh, we didn't invite you to the wedding. Why are you here? I don't know. I got something in my email, Twitter, feed inbox, Facebook. Yeah. Jane. What is up? Did you did you alter the invitations? Jane, did you like alter the invitations? I don't know if she altered anything, but I'll tell you what I saw on the Twitter, Facebook email link. It was a party and it was here. Right on this Newport Beach yacht where we're all hanging out. Listen, I, I specifically told my sister I didn't want you here. After what happened between us, like, you're not supposed to be here. I know. You're you know, not supposed to be here. Are you guys really warm? I'm like really warm. I feel like I want to totally take my shirt off. I am so sweaty. So oh sweaty. God. You guys, I, I am like you know what happened between you guys, Chad Brad? Yeah. You, it's you know, I am so you know what? I burn really easily. And I was just wondering, like, maybe you guys could like hit up my back so I don't get burned at this wedding, you know? Yeah. This is what happened between us. Do you notice he doesn't even acknowledge our existence or anything that we're saying? That's what happened between us. Oh, Nothing is, happened between us. This is some He's, dope cake. Oh, yeah. shit. Chocolate raspberry vanilla? Fuck me. This is fucking bad. Ah, so I'm just going to be over here eating cake. You know, it is cake month. Oh. It is cake month, so celebrate it. Oh, absolutely. I am, I am famished. I was just busy deadlifting before I came over here. I'm so fucking sore. My chest. Do, do my pecs look kind of pumped up because they feel really sore? Okay, first of all, Chad, if you were deadlifting, your pecs wouldn't be pumped up. Okay. Well, I deadlifted before I did curls and push-ups and crunches, like every day. Hello, don't you remember the P90X? Yeah. Um. I, re I remember P90X and nothing else. And you ignoring me, basically. It's what I remember. Oh my God, but you're like such a good detective. You called him out on that. Oh yeah. So anyway, yeah. So what else? When when is the, the party start? I feel like it's like it was like around three o'clock when it, and it's right now it's like three thirty. I don't know. Uh, it's actually at five. It's oh. at five. And you shouldn't be here at all, let alone an hour and a half early. Oh, you're so, so right. You know what? I still have time to get waxed. So you Yeah, you, you should do that maybe. And just go wax and then don't come back. Just I, Yeah, you know what, Chad Brown? I totally thought I was the most obnoxious person here, but yeah, go get waxed. Oh, you gonna come with? I I am actually running this i'm like you know i took over as like the leader of like plan you know like executing this wedding so i'll just say oh it's cool i'll just take my pants and go yeah that's a good idea just i'll just i'll take my pants take your shirt too your pants your shirt yeah here 
And my Maxima. hat. Zima. My, my hat. Oh, my Zima. Oh, yeah. I got my Zima. <laughs> take it. Take it off, please. And don't come back. Are you guys going to drink this other half drink Zima? I'm going to take that one too for later. You say Zima. I actually, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take the rest of that. Oh, cool. You know, I know this really great place just down the street. You want to check it out? For reals? For real, dude. It's so dope. It's so friggin' awesome. They have little pictures of sharks on the wall and they have like, like these fish heads cut out and nets and whatnot. You can get like, like they have like nickel shots at four. Oh, is it like a secret club for gentlemen? Like some sort of like, you have like a secret handshake? You know, I don't see a lot of ladies in there. I, I will tell you, I do not see a lot of ladies in there. So I don't know. But if you want to come, I think it's called Captain Jack's or something like that. We'll just go down. We'll do like one shot really fast. And then are you cool with that, Jane? If I just run out, I'm going to do a quick yeah. shot and I'll be right yeah, That's okay. 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 Yeah, let's bounce. What's your name? Is it, what is it? Is this Sarah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah, what's up, Sarah? That's your name. Sarah, Sarah, what's up, Sarah? I'm Chad Brad. What's up, Brad? <laughs> Who's your dad? What's up? Let's go. <laughs> Maybe we should get married. That sounds pretty dope. So do you think you'll recommend me to friends? Do I, huh? do I think? Yeah. Uh, no. I actually think I might sue you for ruining the biggest day of my sister's life. Because so far, nothing has gone right. People who are not supposed to be invited are invited. Your sister is like taking flowers, throwing them everywhere. She almost fell off a ladder. Like nothing is going well, nothing. Why would I, why, why would I recommend you? Why would I, my, my sister is still in the other room crying and it's her wedding day. Like, what are you going to do to fix this? Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy is, is right. You, you... Hey, I'm Mrs. Osterman, mother of the bride. Who is running this shit show? Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hello. Um, that, that the shit show is being run by me. <laughs> but we don't call it that. Oh, I would call it that. This is a shit show. The bars are not set up. There is a ladder in the middle of the dance floor. I have no idea why. The flowers are strewn all over the venue. Yeah. Me just see my daughter married like the queen that she is. Mom, I tried, I really tried. I tried to hire a good person and then- No, leaving it to you, it would be a complete mess. And this is the person that you hired? This is she came highly recommended. Do you, have a sister? do you have a sister, ma'am? Ma'am, do you have a sister? I do not have a sister. Oh. See, if you had a sister, you would have known, you would have gotten all this whole thing. See, I just have a sister that I always had the fine work for. And she's she's the one with the ladder and the flowers. Man, if you had a sister, you could relate, I bet. Sweetheart, I do not care. I do not care. I do not care. Do you understand that today is the day of my child's wedding? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And I'll, and, and I'll do it. And I'll make it. I'll make it beautiful. I'll make it her magical day. What have you been doing? I would really like to know. Do I smell alcohol on your breath? Tasty. Tasting. It's only <laughs> called tasting. Oh, it's a great day. I'm so glad you're here.
Um, could you repeat that, please? <laughs> I said, Mom, it's my wedding day. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, Contessa, you are the most beautiful bride. Thanks, Mom. I was so Daughter. What was that? You've always been my favorite daughter, unlike that ridiculous sister of yours. You know I, I love you. I know, Mom. I know. I was so upset in the other room. And so I just was like, hey, there's a bottle of tequila. Let's drink some. Why not? Oh. <laughs> and you know, I feel so much better now because I thought my day was ruined and it's not ruined anymore because I just feel free. To tell me that you are drunk on your wedding day. I mean, I don't know if I'm drunk, but I feel good. A lot better than I did about 20 minutes ago, I can say that. Um, excuse me, excuse me. Um, let's, oh my God. Let, okay, I have, I have the pitch, the photographer's ready. There's this beautiful corner of the, of the, um, the church that's beautiful beautifully painted white and we're ready to have photos the photographer is ready it's beautiful uh, <laughs> hey ms osterman uh good to see you what's up contessa um hey you to... look so cute thank you i feel like powder blue is a good color on me you're and... so adorable Thank you. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm ready for the photos. Okay. I'm concerned that my daughter is drunk. I can hear you. I'm not that drunk. I'm really not. I'm not. Fine. Let's go to take the photographs. Okay, good, 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 good. Can... Now, let us... Oh, oh. Oh, my God. What is up? Captain Jack is in the house tonight. What is up? Nickel shot afternoon. Nickel shot afternoon. I don't know. I'm a goon. Nickel shot afternoon. Uh, uh. There was this corner of the of the venue that was like all painted white. Yeah. He just like took all these flowers and like all the vases and just like threw them like all in the corner to make like a like a, do some avant-garde art. It's so cool. Let me show Who's you. Who's an artist? Who's an artist? Ooh. This guy. This guy, who's an artist? Who's an artist? This guy, this guy. What's up? Chad Brad in the house. What's up? Chad Brad. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's go take the pictures. Let's do it. You're the coolest bride. And more shots. More shots. Bottle of Cuervo from the bar. You want to do some shots with me? Yeah. What is up? Where's oh. my adorable husband? Why are you here? It's okay. It doesn't matter. Doesn't What's matter. up? I'm gonna take off my shirt again. What's up? Taking off my other shirt. Oh yeah. It's doing the shots at the wedding time. Doing the shots at the wedding time. Oh oh oh. Wow, Chad, you have a way better body than my soon-to-be husband. Yeah, yeah. I work out a lot, and he just pretty much just does math. 
So He's what is up? up? Maybe I'm marrying the wrong brother. Uh, Contessa, um, I thought we weren't going to invite Chad Brad because I'm, he's very disruptive. And, I mean, we, and, and he pushed the last party we had way over budget. So, I mean, you know, I feel like maybe this was not my idea. Babe, you look adorable right now, but you're really bringing me down. It's my wedding day, and I feel so good. And just let your brother be here. Plus, he looks really hot naked right now. So I'd be like, let's keep him. Why not? Shots, 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 shots. Yeah, let's do, come on, have shots with us. Have shots with us. Okay, I guess I will. But... I mean, maybe your brother can be in the pictures with us. What is up? Oh, hey, bro, come on over here. Give me a little kiss. Give me a little kiss. You're so cute. I love you. Yeah. Little brother. Yeah. Uh, He's so cute and funny. Not to do that. <laughs> I told you not to do that. Chad. Get over here. Let me just get those big lips in my face. <laughs> That's my brother. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Totally heard about this fellow who doesn't listen to any female. <laughs> Mom, maybe I should just marry both of them. <laughs> I don't even know if you're responsible enough to marry anyone. Oh, Mom, but I'm your favorite. Oh, to me today. I've oh, always- Mom, what's up? Mom's in the house. Let's go, Mom. Hey, yeah, that's a... <laughs> Hey, Billy Brad, that's your mom. What's up? Your mom-to-be, mom-in-law. What is up? She fine. Mm-hmm. She fine. I bet she like Manhattans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jane, would, are, are, may, I, may I have a word with you? Are you the planner of this wedding? Yes. I need you to put a stop to all of it right now because this Okay. You know, the only thing I can think, I should I just pull this fire alarm right now and end it all? Should I? Is that even a question? Because I think it's the only choice. (laughs) Okay. Ready? (laughs) Okay. Everyone out. Oh, you guys all want to check out Cat and Jacks with me? What's up? Nickel Shots, who's down? Might as well, now that my wedding's really ruined and I'm sobering up. I need more alcohol. Let's go. Woo-hoo! Oh, no. Uh, I have <laughs> to say, uh, Ms. Odin was uh, mom. This is like kind of almost better than the wedding was going to be, don't you think? Yelp that, yelp that, yelp that in my review. <laughs> Do you don't even understand how many of my weddings end in a funeral? I mean, not a funeral, in a fire alarm. <laughs> you call my wedding a funeral. <laughs> I'm actually impressed with your work. The moral of the story is the difference between a wedding and a funeral is usually a fire alarm.
Tony has to go, but I, if Kathy and Pia can stay, we can do Laying Down the Pretense, a little game show I invented. That went so fast. Yeah. Damn it. It did go fast. Well, it was fun um, improving with you guys. All right. Thank you, Tony. Have fun the rest of the show. Don't right. miss me too much. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Have a great <laughs> All right, laying down the pretense, the game show that nobody knows how to play and everybody wins. <laughs> Today's competitors, we have Kathy Ellerin, P. Smith. The first question goes to Kathy Eller, who won the toss. We stuck before the game started. There was no toss. No. Question to you, Kathy, is what is the best name for a Wi-Fi router? Uh, the best name for a Wi-Fi router is Sexy Beast. That is correct. 100 points to Kathy Eller. Sexy Beast is the best answer for a Wi-Fi router. <laughs> Going over to you, Pia. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. All right. How long would you survive in the next zombie apocalypse? I hopefully wouldn't survive very long. I don't feel like having to fight people for clothes and food and water and such. So <laughs> I'm going to say I would die immediately. I'd be the first one eaten. Immediate death and brains for dinner. That's here. That's the correct answer. 100 points. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, this is going over to you, Kathy. I know you have cats. And if your cats could talk, what would they say that would ruin your day? You look old. <laughs> Those are rude cats. <laughs> that was Those are rude like cats. That's correct. Full points. One hundred points to Kathy Eller. <laughs> going on back, going back to Pia Smith. Here we go. Uh, Pia, I'm gonna. You're gonna assume for a moment that you've been banned from the local library. Why? Sleeping in the cubicles. That's the correct <laughs> answer. Sleeping in the cubicles. We always also would have been uh, accepted. Burning books would have been another acceptable answer. Burning books or attending meetings to which you weren't invited in the meeting room. Any of those three answers would have been correct. 100 points. Kathy, this is coming to you. What color would be the most disruptive and disrespectful during a church service if the color was personified? Come on, come on, you I got feel, this. I think yellow because of uh, urine. Yellow for urine. Urine yellow is correct. That is the most <laughs> disruptive and disrespectful color in any church service and at other occasions of weddings, funerals, other events. Urine yellow is always the color you don't want invited. <laughs> so 100 points to you, Kathy. Pia, the pressure's on. You can either tie or lose. You can't win at this point. You can only win 100 points unless you get bonus points. Here it is. Last question going to you, Pia. Which letter of the alphabet would you invite to your birthday party? Ooh. That's tough. It's going to be a vowel. Yes. Ooh. And I'm going to say E. The letter is E. That's correct. The most common letter in the alphabet. Oh. E fully dominates. It's popular. It attracts a lot of other letters. It attracts a lot of people. People love the letter E. They use it all the time. It looks great in Times New Roman font or Courier or Arial. Uppercase, lowercase, we love the letter E. All right. The score's tied 300 to 300. P and Kathy, both champions. Great job on laying down the pretense. Woo! All right. 
<laughs> All right, before we go, let's do some shameless self-promotion. We have Tony Senator who just left, and she can be found at Tony Senator on the Instagrams. That's T-O-N-I-S-E-N-A-T-O-R-E. That's her shameless self-promotion. I'm doing it for her because she had to go to the Valley. Kathy, what's coming soon from you, and where can people find you on the internet or socials? In podcast form, you can find me in podcast form with Super Squirrel Conversation. I love that. It was three seasons. Please listen to it. Um, and in um, Guy for the Clueless, Rich People, my Instagram is squirrel underscore combo. Thank you. S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L underscore C-O-N-V-O. Pia. What's coming soon from you? Where can people find you on the internet and socials? Oh my God. Okay, on the internet, you can find me at at Pia Minsky Style on the Instagram. I show up there about once um, every six months to post something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the best, the most exciting parts of my life. I forget to, you know, I forget to Instagram. However, you can find me on the TV. Coming this April, some part of April, maybe the beginning of May, April, May, yeah. I am playing the mother to a trap queen on the BET Plus show called American Gangster Trap Queens. Oh, congratulations. That is awesome. American Gangster Trap Queens on BET Plus. That's awesome. in April of 2022. For those of you who are listening to this sometime in the future, it can also be found on the internet, I'm sure. That too, yes. That is awesome. Thank you both for being on the show. Let's roll the credits. Goodbye. Say bye. Bye.